Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is great to have your company today for episode... One, two, two. This week we are live from the Adelaide Mega Toy Swap Meet, and we're going to check this out as we wait here in line. But before we do that, recording with me today, we've got Frank. Well, hoi, hoi. Ben. G'day, g'day. And Darren. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and we do have Stuart. Stuart is here as well, and we're just going to get him in an impromptu to say hello. G'day, guys. And <laughs> um, Stuart is a big Masters fan. He's going through the whole collection of Mint on Card original figures at the moment, so trying Ooh. to piece together a collection there. How is that going at the moment, Stuart, that collection? It's, um, it's getting there. We're still a few, few pieces away, but um, it's an exciting uh, and expensive little, <laughs> little road. But, yeah, no, nah, very nice. It's, it's good. And uh, we're going to be very keen. Stuart's just uh, moving into a place next weekend. He's going to be setting up the toy room in oh, there. So it's one of those toy things. Set up. Get, Who's get done that recently, in the one place. Yeah, I, I've just uh, endeavoured that and making a lot of space. So uh, hopefully we'll have a recording there soon, sooner than later. Yeah, and you got oh. and any tips for Stuart you can, uh, can oh, give him? Put it all on paper first. Me- measure it all out. Get your measurements right. And, um, yeah, sort of check, check your measurements, you know, five times, so to speak, before you start laying everything out. Okay, so we are here at the Mega Toy Swap Meet. This is the biggest toy event here in Adelaide, and I think it does get claimed as being one of the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So it is big. It's in a bigger hall this year. It's in the Goiter Pavilion, which is indoor. We're not waiting outside, which is a nice change because it is the first day of winter here in Australia. Pretty cold. So we've got the beanie on. We're yep. like boys from the hood. Trent, Trent straight out of Compton. Straight he's, out got, of Compton. he's got the hoodie over yep. his beanie. Uh, just, <laughs> y- are you packing as well? Is nah, no, no, not packing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> packing, packing some cash. Because <laughs> that is the currency. Well, that'll that disappear here. pretty quickly, I'm yeah, sure. It will. So it is a bigger haul. We're really stoked to get in there. We've seen all the familiar faces. Malcolm's been around. We've seen Sean Fuster. Yep. Um, so we're going to we'll get a lunch teed up at uh, the goodie. So we're going to record from there. We're going to give a bit of a recap of what we found. Yeah, a few, few bevies and some toy purchases. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Just saw Sam Cripps uh, walking past a little while ago, so it's nice to see a lot of the SA toy collecting community coming out for this event, and it should be fun. I can't wait to see what's in there. Yeah, very good. We'll, we'll touch on some latest news. We don't have any music queued up, but maybe Frank can work some magic and edit that in. But we are now 1st of June here in Australia, and that does mean the end date for Snake Mountain has or is very, very close. I've got a feeling, and I've had this feeling all along, that Super 7 are going to extend the window just because there was a... The international fans probably didn't have as much time to get their orders in. Bit of news here in Australia. We had, uh, I think it's Toys and Beyond, Dennis Milo picked up the gig uh, essentially as a freight forwarder to bring Snake Mountain into Australia. In pretty much yesterday, we also got a second distributor here, mm, Pop Culture. Interesting. And they have come on board at $90 Australian cheaper than what uh, Dennis had on his store. If you order in the first couple of days, then it reverts back to 1400 Australian. Yeah. So it'll be, end up being $50 more. No payment plan from what we understand from what um, right. no Pop pay- Culture are doing. Okay. But it is another way to get it here as well. And you do get the points, which is a good thing. 
Um, it, also sounded, it also sounded like in relation to Snake Mountain that Pop Culture Superstore had a, a, a number in mind, so it's possible they could still be selling it even if other avenues have sold out, depending on how long stocks last. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you, you're right, Darren. It sounded like they had another couple of days at that cheaper window option before it reverts back up. So it definitely sounds like they have a number that they're able to sell. And, and it was, uh, as of today, we've also seen some uh, artwork for Snake Mountain as well, featuring six characters, I believe, um, on the just pencil artwork. So, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, so we've got He-Man, Skeletor in their traditional uh, first release versions. There was Stratos, looks like Merman's in there, Man-at-Arms, and Beast-Man. Yeah, so there's, there's the six characters. It is a preliminary sketch. Um, and I can't remember the name of the artist, but it's not one of the original vintage artists. Uh, uh, it's not Alex or whatever. So, no. so that is cool. So I think here in the in the room, Darren and myself have ordered one. No idea where I'm going to put it. And I'm looking at I'm looking at one of these guys. Maybe they'll uh, I'll, I'll do a loan to one. I've of just created a lot of space <laughs> in my room. But yeah. 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 So look, I mean, this this probably this release the the main takeout is it hasn't been free of controversy. Uh, particularly getting the international orders organised yeah. so late in the piece, but at least time. it's it's done now and it's out and it's available. So um, yeah, jump on it if you still got time in your location to to grab it because I think this is going to be the one one and only sort of chance to get this thing at a reasonable yep, price. Sure. And the good news is they hit 100, percent you know, which is something that I was quite nervous about all the way through. I know Trent and Frank and that thought it would make it, but you know, it's a big item. It, you know, and it's a tough sell for a lot of people, so terrific that it made it, and you know, bring it on. We we did have some other news during the week. We are starting to see San Diego Comic Con 2019 mm-hmm. teasers, and they're all coming thick and fast. Obviously, we've had the four pack from NECA, from Teenage Mutant Ninja yep. Turtles, the movie, the 1990 movie. We are officially now getting Splinter. Splinter. Oh. Uh, we are getting Shredder in the 7-inch, which we knew was always going to be coming, and the foot soldier being shrunk down to 7-inch. Yep. So the pack comes with yeah two foot two soldiers. Foot soldiers yeah. We're getting Shredder. We're getting Splinter. You get the box. Uh, you get the manacles, and you yeah, get that rack with all the, the weapons, weapons rack, and, yeah. and about uh, 10 It's, re- it's recreating that, sh- that scene where Splinter's strung up and Shredder punches him because you know, he's not revealing information and stuff. So I suspect these will eventually become single-carded releases, and you might not get like the, the crate that Splinter's standing on and, and the manacles and that sort of thing. So, yeah, but it sort of answers my question how they were going to do a fur type figure when you think of Splinter. He has got cloth from what I could tell from cloth the picture. Goods, it's cloth yeah. goods yep. for the, his, his robe and stuff. Looks appropriately, you know, ratty and torn and that sort of stuff, which is really cool. Um, Full pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, I, I cannot wait for this. Yeah, it's, this is one of those cases that it's going to go up for sale to non-San Diego yeah. convention attendees. And they did this last year where they basically put up a very limited amount for a couple of days. I think three or four days they did it. And that, for me, having to wake up at three o'clock in the morning or whatever it is to have an ultra small allocation, you're basically not... um, I can't justify keeping on waking up early to just try and get this thing. I would then have to get it through a freight forwarder because they don't deliver to Australia. It's just a big pain in the butt. Um, So I'm going to let this one just slide through uh, and hopefully just pick up, maybe it'll come to pop culture or just pick up the singles when they come. Yeah, absolutely. Pop culture, they had both the San Diego exclusive um, diorama and just the four turtles in in this four pack. So you know, fingers crossed. This will this will happen with this. I mean, I love the way they've recreated that scene. It's such an iconic scene, and they've done it justice. 
My only concern or issue with it is they should have released a quarter scale splinter first before revealing this pack. That's my only probably gripe that they uh, shouldn't have done the seven inch version before the quarter inch because that's the way they've done it. Yep. And even before Shredder's been released, they're now teasing a seven inch Shredder. So potentially people are going to cancel their um, you know, quarter scale uh, pre-order because they know they're it's going to come down later in a in yeah. a more manageable scale. It's a really interesting position because the the quarter scale are big; they take up a lot of room. No guarantees that people that might have been getting it would get it now that they've correct. seen that. Yes, but correct. I think to some extent, cats out of the bag. We always knew they were going to do a shredder. I'm wondering. This is sort of now to me the divergence. What are we going to see in seven inch that we're not going to see in quarter scale going forward? So. Are they even going to do a splinter in quarter scale? Well, I was just going to ask, do you think a, spl a splinter at quarter scale is going to sell? Turtles, yes. Yeah. Shredder, Foot Soldier, yes. Splinter? I think he'll sell, but I, I think certainly not to the numbers. I, I think the ones you won't see are your more plain-looking characters, your Tatsus, Danny, if they go any deep, uh, April potentially. Yep. I don't think you'll see them. Casey Jones, I'm on the fence about. He could be quarter scale because yep. he's got that really iconic look to him. But the more... Ordinary looking characters. I don't think you'll see them at quarter scale. Hopefully, they do them at, at you know, the normal action figure scale. Yeah. So, let's talk to Stuart. He's actually building a uh, diorama at the moment. Yeah, and uh, so let Stuart tell us about your little diorama that you're building for your quarter scale. Yeah, so it's for the it's uh, for the for the turtles. Um, it's just the the rooftop scene, and um, yeah, it's just made of MDF. Or, um, and I've got a I've got a bit of help with a guy doing the the city scene for the backdrop, um, which is going to light up and have all the have LEDs in the windows of the of the buildings and whatnot. So, so yeah, pretty excited to get that done. Um, and yeah, it'd be good. It'd be great to have a have a splinter release in the quarter inch scale because um, I'd I would do it do the do the do the, make the quarter inch scene myself with um, with splinter and shredder and the foot soldier. So yeah, now it's coming along good and it'll look good at the end. And how far are you through it so far, like percentage-wise, roughly? Oh, I'd probably say 70%. Wicked. Nice. Wicked. Well done, man. It looks Congrats. good. I saw some of your... I've seen some of your work in progress. Seen some of the kind of pictures that you're going to be basing it on because there's a few dioramas out there and it's got all the pipe work and, um, you, get, you know, as Stuart said, the backdrop of the, the city. And uh, Stuart's an electrician by trade, so I'm sure you'll get some pretty fantastic lighting <laughs> effects <laughs> on that diorama. So I can't wait to see that when it's done. Um, the other, NECA's been revealing a few San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. We've got the John Connor Ultimate Pack from Terminator 2, which comes with John Connor. You've got the motorbike. You've got the... Uh, it's a licensed motorbike as well. Is that yes, right? Yes, yep. it's licensed. So it's a, an actual uh, dirt bike of some variety. Uh, obviously, uh, makeshift off the movie. So I'm not sure what sort of bike it was, but they've yep. actually officially said it's a license. He does come bike. with the um, little bottled endoskeleton arm oh, as wow. well which yeah, is cool. really cool yeah. in the glass case yep. and I think he's got some sort of the hacking device from the film as well yep. so yep. Um, again hopefully we'll be getting a regular release of John Connor but again maybe a few extra details on the San Diego sure. Comic Con sure. exclusive and we're and uh, speaking of NECA we're actually officially getting the uh, Batman Predator to finally finally, finally coming two years yeah. uh, overdue so to speak Yes, I'm super pumped with that. The uh, Batman is in the armor version, so the sort of more Dark Knight uh, uh, Returns style. In and that's armor. story accurate to that's the true, alien crossover, to, right? He, Predator wear, he puts on the armor to fight the Predator, Predator because yep. he uh, feels he's not strong enough uh, to fight the Predator in his normal suit. So it's it's really cool. It's different to the Dark Knight Returns armor, yes. yep. but it's uh, sort of on, along that aspect. Yeah. yeah. 
The other one we did see, speaking of Predator, was the laser shot Predator, yes. which is again another one of these Kenner-inspired homage 1990 sort of lines. But this one is just looking insane. They always just—they've got the the one eye, like the yeah. laser eye, but then he's yeah. also got the mask that yes. goes on the top. And I believe it's electronic as well, so the the light will uh, shine in his eye. He comes with a huge claw hand, which is um, sort of reminiscent to the Kenner version, but this is a detachable claw hand, so you can have a regular uh, hand and this huge uh, claw hand. Yep. And as well, his firing uh, mechanism um, cannon on his shoulder will come with this sort of this whip uh, clenching uh the uh, grapple claw thing that you can take in and out. So that's, that's it's just attention to detail. I've heard it being referred to as like Thanos Predator because yes, he's got a gold armor and yeah. he's got a purple skin Correct. type to yeah. it. Yeah, it looks really cool. He Removable look uh, uh, mask and things. Uh, I love it. It looks wicked. It, it'll be definitely be in that deluxe uh, scale okay, version, yes. sort of yep. much like the clan leader, the yep. Predator clan leader. Uh, yeah, very, very cool. I, I just love the fact that these are over the top. Like yes. they're, they're, you can see the toy inspiration coming through. Um, and it's just, you know, go crazy, go big, yes. colour schemes, yes. just go whatever you want. Definitely. Um, yeah. Very, very cool indeed. We might flick over to some movie news because we do have a bit of news. Now, Frank has just broken the fact that we have confirmation on the Matt Reeves Batman yes. film now in terms of casting. Supposedly, the winner is uh, Robert Pattinson, otherwise known as t for the guy from Twilight. But So take from there what you will. I'm sure the internet will have loads and loads of opinions that will forcibly be shared upon everyone so i haven't seen anything from warner or dc themselves but all the same sort of sources who broke the initial story are basically saying yep it's a done deal matt reeves was allegedly the one who was pushing for robert pattinson while the studio executives and warner were more leaning towards nicholas holt they've run the gamut with all their screen tests and all that sort of jazz so yeah, pretty much. I expect that to be 100% confirmed in the next 24 hours. But And all the articles I was reading this morning when I got up all indicate that it was an extensive process that both oh, had to be, were, had to be. were um, put through. Really intensive around finding the just the right actor. Uh, huge congratulations to both actors. I reckon it must be really disappointing for a role like that to not get it, but to come so close. Yeah, I think you've, you've got to hand it to Nicholas Holt and say that he's also a talent. Um, I'm really, really excited about this. It sounds like you know we're in the gun for three more Batman films, which to me is just just insanely wonderful news. And I can't wait. So bring it on. It's so, such exciting news to wake up for. And I'd just like to give an update on the time. We are now 35 minutes away from the Adelaide <laughs> Toy Swap Meet. Countdown. Such an exciting day with Masters news, Batman news, and toys waiting in the next room. <laughs> well, yeah, and good point there, Darren, because there is Masters news, and I know we have had casting. We've had Noah Centineo uh, cast as He-Man in that film. I always get a bit nervous with something like Sony and this, you know, <laughs> long rumored production hell Masters of the Universe motion picture. The good news is now. Mattel is starting to put out some information about their licensing expo. So it is kind of official now in a sense yeah. that Mattel is going to be They're selling looking for, masters yeah. to new licensees. So that now is to me the clincher that yep. this is going ahead. Yeah, the business I, part of it is happening. It, so. it is. No guarantee on release dates. I think that one still could be pushed out. Um, but fingers crossed 2021 is going to be the year that we do get a new masters film. Yeah. What else is happening? I don't know. Have, has there been any other news that uh, has been floating around? No, I can't think of anything. 
All right. <laughs> Anything else anyone wants to talk about? We're all good. We're going to get in there. As Darren said, it's about half an hour away from opening time. And then Let's we'll see it. you again at the goodie for oh, our, I guess, for uh, one of the, the best, you know, latest scores things ever. We'll literally have all the toys in our in our bags ready to go. So, keen. And we'll give our critical analysis of the Adelaide um, toy swap meet uh, 2019. Yeah. And it should be fun. Looking forward to it. Cool. cool. We'll see you then. All right, we have finished with the Mega Toy Swap Meet here 2019, and wow, what a swap meet it has been. It has just been a frenzy of activity, catching up with heaps of people, having a lot of great conversations, wonderful. We are now sitting here at the Goody with a beer, a couple of beers. I think Ben's got this round. Um, Sam Cripps of Nerds Paradise is here having a beer with us as well. Um, we're going to touch on some of the latest scores because it has been an absolutely wonderful day and some really cool finds, unexpected finds. This is one of those events, Frank, that you yeah. go to not knowing what to expect, not knowing what to get. Everyone asks, what's your list? What are you aiming for? I know, Sam, you said I'm going for Street Sharks. Who knows what's going to be there? Mm. You just go for it and see where it takes you. Exactly right. Like I was, um, you know, in my head I'm going, oh, vintage turtles, I'll, I'll round out the bits I need. And then I went, you know what, the bits I need are like 1993 super rare stuff. You're not going to find it's that not at this be sort there, of event. No. The only turtle stuff I saw was your Nickelodeon sort of, there was, a, there was a little bit of 2003 stuff and like the $5 bins, you know, incomplete and all those sorts of things. But so I was like, nah. So, but I knew what I would find was Marvel Legends, yep. and that's pretty much where all of my dollars went. All right, walk us through your scores. Oh, Jesus. If you can remember, yeah, how good is exactly. your memory? Exactly, I'd have to go back and dig through the car. But um, I got a fair bit, there was a fair bit of Toy Biz stuff there. I got the um, Gen 1 sort of uh, Hulk, which is like the first appearance Hulk, who's got sort of like the flat top thing going. Uh, I've got the grey version of that already, so it's really nice to have the traditional green sitting alongside that. Um, what else? There was a, a Baron Zemo from the Toy Biz era. I got the Colossus as well, which I think that Colossus um, Toy Biz era is better than the the Hasbro one. Yep, yep. He's massive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I, was, I got a bit of the um, the more modern stuff. Uh, finished off my Cull Obsidian build, build a figure, which is nice. Got the missing ones from that. Also found that sort of early Hasbro. Uh, what was his name again? Constrictor. Uh, which comes with a builder figure for a guy I've never even heard of. Terax, I think. It doesn't doesn't ring any bells with me, but I'm sure that builder figure piece will fetch a, a decent price and get half my money back. So so that was good. But all Marvel Legends, really, to be honest. Uh, I did get the one little Supergirl thing as well, which was the uh, story cards from the movie. And I believe you know, each card sort of tells a, a different part of the movie. I'm not sure how much of a story it tells because this is based on the 1987 movie, I want to say, 87. Yeah, there's not a lot of story. There's not a lot of story, really. (laughs) 84, was it? I could have got the year wrong. It takes place in between Superman 3 and Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. The Quest for... (laughs) Superman for the Quest for Peace was my very first comic book superhero film that I saw. I'm sorry, that must have hurt. In 87. Yeah, he comes in after Superman 3 when um, Christopher Reeve said he was walking away from the role but was later coaxed into coming back. There you go. Oh, Darren, with the uh, Wikipedia entry. Um, Yeah, look, so that's cool. Um, Got a set of those cards. And and I had a little bit of a a pick-up for Ben as well, which I'm sure he'll detail uh, when he talks about his stuff. All right, over to Ben. What you've had some amazing finds. Yeah, so I, I had a few um, 
uh, before Toy Fair deals going on the side. So I hooked Sam Cripps up, who's just sitting next to me, uh, with a uh, Lord uh, Drax, is it? Lord Drax, Street Shark character, which I picked up um, a second one. And I said, oh, this is my sort of down payment for my quarter-scale shredder. So that was pretty cool. Hooked him up with that. Uh, I um, picked up a GoBots combiner, which is called Monstros, Monstrous, I think is, I'm pronouncing it correctly. But that's a six combiner, 80s GoBot uh, combiner, all different unique colours uh, that combine into a Gasalt, and it looks um, fantastic. The, the chrome on it is beautiful. It's mint. It's, it looks it, like it's case fresh, Yeah, right? I didn't know how much it was um, worth. Uh, he didn't actually, um, we didn't. Lock in a deal. He picked it up for seventy and passed it on for seventy. Oh. So I was. And that was so, from Avon Fox. That's correct. Yeah. So massive well done, Avon. respect Great. for that. Uh, just uh, couldn't have um, asked for a better deal. And I hooked him up with some sort of knockoff, uh, tr- not knockoff, just some really obscure transformer items, um, not that weren't licensed transformers. So I gave him them, and that was the sort of deal for him finding that for me. So yep. it was wicked. Uh, I then ran around and. Uh, found it hard. Uh, the first couple of laps, I didn't find anything. And then I sort of did that second or third lap where I started uh, digging through bins and looking at the uh, depths of the tables and things behind the tables and stuff. And I found a back gremlin from, from NECA. Now, and I was just like, this is, if I don't find anything else yep. today, I, I will be walk out of here so happy. Because uh, not only was it a good price, I paid 75 for it. But I was willing to pay upwards of a hundred dollars for that uh, because you just you just don't see it in retail anymore. It's a uh, discontinued line. They are making the Spider Gremlin. I doubt they'll ever do the Bat Gremlin and Gremlin. So mint in box, uh, sealed, just perfect condition. Can't wait to crack him open. Then um, you know, as I like to do, I went a bit of bin diving and things, and I found a 2003 bucket of uh, Ninja Turtles, and I started digging for you know you guessed it, shredders Shredder. figures. <laughs> And I found a um, the mutagen shredder, which transforms back into um, Himoto Yoshi. Yeah, Arakasaki. So that was pretty cool. And then I found the um, Samurai Shredder. Is Samurai that? Shredder. It's Feudal Shredder, I think Feudal, his name is. Yeah. yeah. So he's got, he's got the clad uh, black outfit yep. um, and such, and he with with helmet because yep. the helmet is apparently removable. Five dollars. Like this guy goes for over a hundred dollars loose and on on card astronomical prices on eBay. And for $5, I was just floating to the next stall. No like weapon, that. though. But no what weapon. was the deal with the weapon? Then, So then I sh- uh, um, previously found uh, Frank, and I'm like, dude, look what I found. How cool is this? Showed him. And then uh, about, what, half an hour later, he came back to me and said, look, I've picked up another turtle character with the weapon. Um, Foot elite guard. In. Yeah, yep. uh, with the correct uh, feudal shredder weapon with packed in with that one. So now I've got a, a basically complete yep. shredder. Uh, and you've been after that feudal shredder, yeah, is it? Absolutely, looks so cool. he looks yeah. great. He's black and silver. Yeah, yeah. Black, black and, and red black and red. Scheme. Like, can you? Is there any other yep. better color scheme than that? Like, the um, two thousand and three turtles line was very good for doing this action feature, which I, I haven't seen in a lot of right. other action features. It's called the Crumples in Defeat action feature, and right. it's basically Jen, the rhinoceros from that line, yes. has it as well. You press a button on the chest, and it basically falls apart. Okay. Um, so it's got a series of, I think, string yeah. that when you tighten wind the, um, the wind it up, it yeah, tightens, cool. and then right. you press it and releases. Okay, so I did not know it's, that. It's different, yeah. so that you might need to kind of go in there and yeah. tweak the figure and get yeah. it going. All right. And then uh, ru- uh, running around, I found a Swiftwind um, vintage She-Ra uh, horse. 
uh, that I'm going to give to my girls. So it's got the uh, mask and it's got the wings. And that was pretty much me done for the day. A couple of little things. I've got a Twitch figure from uh, Guy uh, Oz Toys. Uh, very articulated, different to the one I've already got. Uh, and just, yeah, a little, couple of little knickknacks, a uh, knockoff Lego dinosaurs for the kids. Um, yeah, just overall, just a fantastic day. Wonderful. Now, Sam, I saw Sam in line and as we were lined up, and he, you know, as you do, you ask the question, what are you looking for? It was pretty much street, street sharks, sharks, street sharks away. all the way. And you've come out with a bounty <laughs> yeah. of and some crazy, this is what I love about street sharks. Street sharks is just an insane mashup, do what you like. It can't be. It can't be too extreme. It's when you mash a, a shark and a vehicle together, what did you find, Sam? So basically, I ended up with about six or seven street sharks. Um, actually, got a from the first line a slamu, which I find is one of the like he's just hard to find yep. in any kind of condition. Um, there's one though that I've picked up that it's still confusing me. I've never seen this before. It's basically streets crunched over. <laughs> Uh, on some wheels, and I'm assuming you're meant to push him and he's meant to open his mouth and stuff. It doesn't work exactly like that, but it's, yeah, it's pretty weird. I've never seen this before. It's, yeah, 1995 Mattel, and his rollerblades do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you're riding on a, uh, basically a quad bike, (laughs) you still got to hold the, the, um, Rollerblades. Yeah, that's, that's it. What it's all you about. Know, don't don't wear them out. Use the yeah. the four wheel drive that you've somehow put underneath you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also it was, it was good fun. As soon as I got in there, I sort of saw some guys that I knew at the stalls, and they straight away said, "Right, there's street sharks there and over there." And I just took off. Yep. My poor girlfriend's chasing me, going, "Oh, here he goes. He, he knows where the sharks are." And I'm I've gone. Um, literally, I picked up I think about four or five of them in one bag for twenty dollars nice. straight at the start, and that that Done. was. For me, I was like, cool, it doesn't matter what I get from now. And then I found um, one extreme dinosaur. I don't normally buy them. But the guy basically said he found another one in a pack and he just wanted to get rid of it, so he gave it to me for $10. And to me, the extreme dinosaurs, 10 to $5. Otherwise, yep. I'm not, not going to really bother with them. Um, and then I was looking for vehicles. I went and did the exact same thing that you did, Ben, and looked underneath every table. I looked behind every table just in case there was something hidden away. I didn't find any street shark vehicles, but I found a spawn hot rod. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, had to have that. Uh, Bryony decided that out of all the stuff I bought today, the ugliest thing is definitely the spawn hot rod. Yep. She, for some reason, thinks that's the worst, but that's all right. <laughs> it'll, it'll disappear into a glass cabinet, oh. and she won't have to look at it. I love it. I heard that Ben, ben was telling me that uh, Jimbo was looking for the most, you know, the ugliest figures he could find, and Bob the Joker's goon got a purchase. This is the the Toy Biz 1989 Bob the Joker's goon, no hat, so he's got the kind of receding hair and mullet happening. So, shout out for ugliest yeah. toys. Way I, to go! I reckon the ugliest toy I saw in there. There was one in a very, very, very corner, sort of hidden away behind some stuff. It was called a bush baby, and I've never seen that before. And it was just. Uh, Basically, it looked like a moulded doll falling out of a really green-coloured packet. It was bizarre, but that that it was meant to be coloured that way. It wasn't right. like it was actually mouldy. It was just that's how it looks. Wow! <laughs> yeah, there's some weird weird stuff going on for sure. Now, well done, good scores. Um, I had a wonderful experience um, with the convention. Um, I went around. I was looking sort of for my big. What am I going to spend my money on? What's going to be my big ticket item? And I got in there, found a few things. So I found a, a, 
Predator, Kenner-style Predator, which I'd, I'd bought before, but he'd come off the card in postage, so I got him again. He's the one that drives the Blade Fighter. So I'm trying to think of the name, but that, that you know, on the vintage-style Kenner packaging. Um, found a, a Toxic Crusaders vehicle, the Hovercraft, with a Radiation Ranger. What better, what better figure to have driving your vehicle free with your vehicle for 35 bucks um, there. And, but then the, looking for the big item, I'd been inspired some Centurions in the box. Went to the guy, had a look. They were boxed but not sealed mint on card. Um, they looked pretty complete from what I could tell, but the boxes were pretty rough. And I sort of thought, oh, I'll have a bit of a think about that. I'll, I'll go away and maybe I'll come back. It was four fifty, so it was a, a fairly big purchase that I would have had to go with. Um, but as I was going along, always had a, a big interest in real Ghostbusters. But that stuff's very hard to find, very hard to find complete sets of it. But one guy was selling the complete monsters. So the six monsters from real Ghostbusters, you know, you got the werewolf, you got Quasimodo, you got the mummy, you got Dracula... This is like some really iconic stuff, all mint on card. Unfortunately, some in the trip, literally the trip over from Melbourne to Adelaide, one of the figures, Dracula, had come off the card. The bubble had just, the glue had gone and he'd come off and the werewolf was starting to go. Um, so it gave me a bit of discount. I was happy, 300 bucks for all six, $50 each. I was very happy with that. Um, so I picked that one up. And then right at the end, uh, I was looking for R2-D2 from Star Wars Black Series by Hasbro on the 40th anniversary packaging, because that's the one I don't have from that. And I was seeing some crazy prices, you know, 200 dollars for one of those. And our good friend Bob, friend of the show, had his there for 80 bucks. So I said, you know, way cheaper than any of the other stuff that's here. And, he, and I had a bit of a chat to him. He said, look, I'll give you a deal. He's yours for 70 bucks. So absolutely super stoked with that lot. Really happy to get home and put those real Ghostbusters up in a spot where I can display them. Mint on card. And if anyone's got any tips for re-gluing bubbles back onto the cards, let me know because I've got to work out the best glue to use. Yeah, glue stick, is that going to be enough to hold it? So, no, very, very happy with that. Darren, how did you go? Look, I did really well. I didn't really have a big ticket item this year, which is a little bit surprising for me, but more than okay with that because what I did find I'm, I'm really happy with, I found some loose uh, gentle giant micro or mini superpowers figures, um, replicas of how they appeared in the 1984 line, the Joker and Lex Luthor from our our good friend um, Guy, Guy Blocko, um, good friend of the SA Toy collecting community and and also Toy Power. And I also bought some Black Series figures, one from Bob like Trent did and one from our another of our good friends, Jamie Peake. So I was really, really happy with that. What else did I get? I got a DC Universe Classics uh, Penguin loose, complete. Which version of that is it? So is it the Wave, Wave 1? One Wave 1 version. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, Penguin, which was actually quite rare at the time yep. and quite hard to find. I've got a mint on card sample, but not a loose one, and I yeah. just couldn't resist getting that. Such an iconic villain. And... I'm sure I've left some stuff off. Yeah, I, I did leave some stuff off too, and I'll just jump back quickly because you mentioned Jamie Peake. Jamie Peake was there selling a lot of his Star Wars stuff, and I picked up... I never got IG-88 and Bosk on the you know the blue card. I guess the black... These are black series. They came with the blue window sort of you know card, and they've done them now in archives, so I haven't been that worried about it, but I noticed he had an IG-88 there for 
25 bucks. I'm like, that's a bargain for IG88. And he had a little note there and it said, has been displayed. And I said, oh, what's the deal with that uh, IG88? And he goes, well, it's actually Ben's. So that was your IG88 that he was, that he was clearing. So it's come full circle. So, yeah, that was another cool one. And I also found like a $2 bin, you know, where you go in. Actually, every item was $1. And I got a Superpowers Superman for a dollar and uh, the Brow from Dick Tracy oh, for $1 nice. with the, complete with accessories. So you can find some absolute bargains for you like can. a buck. It's, uh, you can. It's pretty That's cool. That's the great thing about this event, that there are bargains to be had. There's things of all prices, all ranges, and, and different things, obviously, from all eras. You know, big shout out to the community that was there as well. We often talk about our SA toy collecting community. Osti has has his table there, and Ben Risenfall was with him, and and that. So it really felt like a real community event again, and it was great to see everybody. Great to get the toys that we got, but also great to see the toys that that we had at that at this kind of event. And I love the fact that they're in the new hall and and that that they had been in previously. I think in two thousand and eight. Yep. But but. Usually they're in a much smaller hall, but I think it really played out really, really well this year. Yeah. Gave us the opportunity to get some more traders there as well, and also something that we haven't had at this event for a long time, room to grow. There's yep. still some room to, to grow. When they were in the other hall, it was always it at was capacity. It was at capacity, yeah. The, the, the new hall was wonderful. Bigger, a lot more lighting, a lot higher ceilings. A lot, obviously, it's a modern venue, right, as opposed to an old hall. Yep. A lot of great comments about the new hall. It just had a better better atmosphere, better vibe. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I was having some interesting conversations with some of the traders that had come from Melbourne, and one of the guys basically from Melbourne said, this is the... This is twice as big as any, you know, our best event. So this is, I would consider this now the premier Australian event. It's always been well, flagged been as being one of the biggest in the Southern time. Hemisphere. So, And the Collector Mania newspaper slash magazine that used to be in circulation quite a few years ago was owned by the Trading Post before Telstra's yes. company census bought them both out and, and closed them down. They used to come every year and do a coverage of it, and they always named it as, as the premier toy collecting event every year as well. And, and they were touring Australia. They went from South Australia, yep. you know, touring Australia and going to all these events and came away saying that. So I think that, that says a lot about where we're at over here at the moment because we've got, you know, the Adelaide, you know, Comic and Toy Fair that our good friend Brett Owen puts on every, well, twice a year. So things are, are happening in Adelaide in relation to this hobby, it, it, there is quite a strong toy and pop culture vibe that is that is here, and certainly a strong community. Yeah, now it was wonderful. Was wonderful having all the conversations, um, including one I had with Bob, our the Star Wars guru of the group, um, indicating that the trade wars are starting to have a bit of an impact on the price of figures and the availability of figures in the US. He's I'm not. I believe he's from the US originally, or Canada, yeah, I, I believe he is, um, and I know he goes over every so often, and brings stuff back. You know that, that he that he often sells at these fairs, yeah. and you know, he collects a lot of Star Wars stuff himself. So he would be very, very close to it. He's on the pulse, and he was indicating that some of the pre-orders or exclusive uh, pre-orders through Walmart and through Target stores are actually being cancelled and unfulfilled. Um, because basically they can't get the product out of China in the quantities that they need, and they may be unwilling to do so now with the trade laws coming in, trade war, 25% markup on 
any manufacturing that's happening in China. So it's, a, it's potentially we're sitting here um, with a pretty major game changer happening in the toy industry around the manufacturing and, and what's happening with the tariffs coming out of China, which is a pretty scary place to be in. As we've kind of noted, 2019 is the year that prices have really gone up. Yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking because if you're talking about 25% or whatever on top of what today's current prices are, yep. which are already high... If that hasn't already been built in, and, and I suspect it probably hasn't, then th- this is going to become more and more a hobby of privilege. And yes. I think that's really sad. I still remember when I was a uni student and Trent and I were, were chasing this hobby. And, you know, I'd often say to him, you know, you don't have to have a lot of money to do this hobby. And, you know, you can do it bit by bit and start small. And, and I truly believe back then you could do that. I'm feeling that's less and less so now. I don't know what... what Trent's perspective is on that. It's certainly becoming tougher. I think there's always a, a jump on point. You know, you can go to some of these fairs and there is the dollar bin, the two dollar bin and, and that aspect. But yeah, certainly in terms of modern toys and where that's at, I think there are going to be lines and there are going to be even manufacturers that just don't survive this sort yeah. of impact um, in the US market. I think the 25% is just too big a bill to the average consumer to kind of keep some of these lines alive. I think we were already seeing challenges before this started. As Trent said, even before this year, you know, Black Series has is, is struggled quite a bit in, in certain instances. And if you think about that and compare it to the previous two Star Wars trilogies, you were never seeing discounted toys after The Empire Strikes Back in the 80s. You were never seeing discounted toys clearance toys after Attack of the Clones. Two-thirds of the way through a trilogy for it to 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 be struggling is sort of... I, I don't want to say that it's the end because obviously I don't know and I, and I certainly don't want it to be the end, but it, I don't think it's a re- overreach to say it's unprecedented. Usually that happens long after the, f- the final instalment of a trilogy has been well and truly out of cinemas for a couple of years before you start to see that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. We are in uncharted territories. It is a very interesting time to be in the toy collecting community. I'm going to have to wrap it up there, I reckon, because... I think I'm buying the next round, and everyone's beers are looking very low. So I'm gonna, we're probably going to wrap here, but we might have a few more conversations from some other people that uh, love, have some later scores as well, because over the course of this day, we're going to have a lot of folks joining us for a beer and for some lunch. I think so. It'll be great to hear too, some of their I'm really stories. I'm looking forward to saying hello to them and feeling yeah. quite, quite rude and neglectful already because yeah. we've been doing this. But. But um, hopefully they understand it's all in a good cause. Yes, and I think Sam has just found something out about this uh, crazy quad biking blades that we've got here. Did you work something out there, Sam? Yeah, so this Street Shark is actually a remote control. The wires have been cut out of the back. Wow. I found some on eBay, but they're in the States, so the postage is, is pretty killer. But uh, I think now this might be my next big hunt list. Like this is, this is number one. I have to have this. There you go, RC Street Sharks. Who would have known that this sort of stuff was out there? I'm learning a lot about the breadth of the Street Shark line, um, that crazy transforming you know, car to action figure version. But, yeah, just a wonderful line. So crazy. All right, we'll catch you guys around. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of 
OK people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but... Yeah. Oh, oh.